and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is, and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible, and references will be given after the stories. This week, I'm looking at a murder that shook the world in the late 80s and early 90s. Before I begin, I need to apologise for this being a little late. I've got no excuses for you, and I'm sorry. Just to make sure that you don't listen to anything that may upset you, there are mentions of sexual assault in this episode. Unlike other episodes, there's no massive stretch of it, so you can probably just skip ahead for those parts. If you're worried about it, mark it as played and pretend that you listen to it. Let's begin with the story. In February 1989, Pete Martell was walking along the lakeside near his house in a town in Washington. It was early morning and he was planning on going fishing. As he reached the place that he planned on setting up for the morning, his eye was caught by an object that was out of place. He went to investigate and discovered that the object was a body wrapped in a sheet of plastic. The police were called and the scene was investigated. They discovered that the body was that of a girl from the local high school. Her name was Laura, and the entire town was shocked to find out that she had died. Out of respect to her, the school was closed while the town mourned. The police spoke to Laura's father at the hotel he worked at while he was on the phone to Laura's mother, who heard the whole exchange. Later that day, Another young woman was spotted walking along the train tracks near the border of Idaho in a nightgown and clearly in shock. She was taken to the hospital where she became almost catatonic. The police went to Laura's home and investigated her bedroom. Her parents were distraught and the town's sheriff, Sheriff Truman, stayed downstairs with Laura's mother to console her. One of the deputies, Deputy Hill, investigated the bedroom with Laura's father. Deputy Hill looked through Laura's things, putting items in evidence as he went. He discovered Laura's diary, which was placed in evidence after Laura's father protested about it being sacred. The next day, an FBI agent came to the town. The police had been notified and were expecting him. Agent Cooper met with Sheriff Truman at the hospital, where he tried to question the unresponsive woman. He asked to look at her fingers, but didn't seem to find anything. While examining her fingers, the woman muttered, don't go there. Then they attended the morgue, where they examined the body. Agent Cooper discovered that there was something under the nail of Laura's ring finger and managed to pull it out. It was a small piece of paper with the letter R on it. Agent Cooper, in a discussion with Sheriff Truman, revealed that it wasn't the first time that he'd seen evidence like that. He said that a year earlier, another young woman had been murdered in a different town in Washington. The FBI had been investigating the murder 
and one of their agents had disappeared during the investigation. This second death had caught their attention and Agent Cooper had been dispatched to see if the two were similar. After finding the letter under Laura's fingernail, Agent Cooper decided that that proved that it was the same MO, leading Agent Cooper to reveal that the evidence the FBI had found suggested that the murderer lived in the town. They looked to the evidence found at Laura's home. There was a videotape within the evidence that Agent Cooper had put aside. He then broke the lock on Laura's diary and looked at the final entry. It said that Laura had been nervous to meet someone referred to as Jay on the night that she had died. Agent Cooper also found a small bag with a safety deposit key and some white residue inside the diary. The white residue was suspected to be cocaine. The diary mentioned someone named Bobby who Truman acknowledged as Laura's boyfriend. Truman arrested Bobby and was brought to the police station to be questioned by Agent Cooper. Bobby denied killing Laura and was shown the videotape that Agent Cooper had put aside. Bobby denied filming the tape and said that he didn't know who Jay could be. He was released and met his friend Mike in the corridor of the police station. Laura's best friend Donna was then brought in for questioning and shown the tape. Donna said that it was filmed by a hiker that they had passed and mentioned that Laura had an addiction to cocaine and that she had been having a second relationship outside of the one with Bobby. Donna was then released and the police station's secretary, Lucy Moran, came to speak to Truman. She told him and Agent Cooper that she had overheard Bobby and Mike talking about a biker with the initial J. During the questioning, Deputy Hill and another deputy, Deputy Brennan, were searching the trail that the second woman, named Ronette Pulaski, had been found on. They discovered an abandoned train car. Truman and Agent Cooper joined them and discovered a hammer, a bloody rag, half of a heart necklace and a note that read, Fire, walk with me. Truman and Agent Cooper then visited the bank to look at the safety deposit box. Inside, they found an adult magazine with a picture of Pulaski in it. Agent Cooper and Truman later went on a stakeout at a local biker bar in an attempt to find out who Jay was. Bobby, Mike and Donna were spotted going in and Donna left soon afterwards with a biker. They followed her and caught her with one of her friends, a man named James. James was arrested as a suspect. The autopsy results came back. Laura's death was determined to be between midnight and 4am with the cause of death being loss of blood. Bite marks were discovered on her shoulders and tongue, and lesions were found on her wrists, ankles and upper arms. It was also revealed that within the last few hours of her life, Laura had had sex with at least three men. James was questioned and shown the videotape. He confirmed that he had recorded it and confirmed that he was indeed Jay. 
He told Truman and Agent Cooper that he had tried to get Laura to stop taking cocaine and that he had seen her the night that she died, but she had run away from him. He was shown the necklace that had been found in the train carriage and he said that he didn't recognise it. Truman and Agent Cooper went to the Packard sawmill to interview a woman named Josie Packard, who had been tutored in English by Laura. Josie couldn't give them much information. They also visited the local diner and interviewed Norma Jennings, whom Laura had worked for, supplying meals on wheels to some of the town's residents. Norma also couldn't give much information. Later, Agent Cooper received a note under the door of his hotel room. It just said, Jack with one eye. He gathered the police force and Moran in the woods with a chalkboard to eliminate suspects. The others were confused when Agent Cooper began throwing stones at the bottle, calling it the Tibetan method. His method narrowed down the suspicion to the town psychiatrist, Dr. Lawrence Jacoby, and another resident named Leo Johnson. Truman told Agent Cooper that the note may reference a casino across the border in Canada called One-Eyed Jacks. Whilst reviewing evidence, another FBI agent, Agent Rosenfield, arrived at the police station with his team. Agent Rosenfield was impatient with and rude to the police. Truman and Moran met Agent Cooper at the hotel the next morning, where he told them of a dream that he'd had. He told them how he'd seen Laura, and she'd told him who her killer was. He couldn't remember the name, though. They went to the morgue and discovered a fight between the doctor and Agent Rosenfield had broken out. Agent Cooper intervened and ordered that Laura's body be released for the funeral that would take place later. Truman and Agent Cooper visited Leo Johnson at his home and questioned him. He said that he had been with his wife, Shelley, the night of the murder. They returned to the police station and found Agent Rosenfield waiting to give his post-mortem report. The report seemed to be consistent with what Laura had told Agent Cooper in his dream and the initial autopsy. Agent Rosenfield had also found claw marks on Laura's shoulder and a piece of plastic in her stomach that he had sent away to be looked at. At Laura's funeral, Bobby and James had a fight, which was broken up by the police. Laura's father couldn't handle his grief and threw himself onto the coffin as it was being lowered, shouting that he wanted to be buried as well. His niece, Maddie, had attended the funeral and was horrified. Deputy Hill had stopped a man named Philip Gerard at a motel and Agent Cooper and Truman went to speak to him. They brought with them a picture that Deputy Brennan had drawn of a vision that Laura's mother had seen. Gerard said that he had never seen the man in the drawing before, but said he knew a man named Bob Lidecker when he asked about a name that Agent Cooper had heard in his dream. That name led them to the veterinary clinic owned by Lidecker. The clinic's files were confiscated on a hunch from Agent Cooper after a phone call he'd had with his superior, Gordon Cole. 
Cole had told Agent Cooper that the claw marks on Laura's body were from a bird, and Agent Cooper believed that they'd find a clue in the files. They found a record for a minor bird called Waldo that was owned by a man named Jacques Renault. Around that time, the results on the piece of plastic found in Laura's stomach came back. It was part of a poker chip. The clues led to a cabin in the woods that was owned by Renault. Inside, they found Waldo, a camera, blood, and the rest of the poker chip from Laura's stomach. The forensic results from the cabin suggested that Laura, Pulaski, and Johnson had also been in the cabin. Agent Cooper left a dictaphone with Waldo to capture anything the bird might say, and left for One-Eyed Jacks in Canada. Agent Cooper managed to find Renault and convinced him to tell him about Laura. Renault told Agent Cooper about having Laura at the cabin on the night that she died. Renault was eventually questioned by Agent Cooper after being shot. Renault denied knowing about the train carriage in Idaho, but admitted to being in the cabin with Johnson, Pulaski and Laura. After the questioning, Renault was suffocated by someone. When the security footage was examined, they found that it had been Laura's father, Leland. That night, the Packard sawmill was set on fire. Johnson's wife, Shelley, was inside when the fire began and told the police that she had been rescued by Catherine Martell, the wife of the man who had discovered Laura's body. <clears throat> In the early hours of the same morning, Agent Cooper returned to his hotel room when the phone rang. Deputy Brennan had called to tell him that Johnson had been shot. A knock at the door interrupted the call and Agent Cooper was also shot. Agent Cooper received medical attention and during his recovery, it was discovered that Laura had left a secret diary with an agoraphobic man in the town called Harold Smith. The police were directed to Smith by Donna, who had met him after taking over the Meals on Wheels. Donna and Maddie had attempted to steal the secret diary to aid in the investigation, but failed. The police took possession of the diary and more secrets were revealed. The secret diary told of one of Leland's friends, a man simply named Bob, that had been sexually abusing her since she was a child. It explained that Bob was the reason that Laura had been taking cocaine. The owner of the hotel, Ben Horn, was arrested. Agent Cooper believed that Bob was Horn, but the murder of Maddie whilst Horn was in custody caused them to doubt it. Agent Cooper gathered all of the suspects in the biker bar during the day in order to apprehend the murderer. After a few minutes, Agent Cooper dismissed everyone taking Horn back to the police station and asking Leland to attend to act as Horn's attorney. Once Leland had gotten to the station, Horn was released and Leland was taken into custody. Truman, Hill and Brennan were confused, but trusted Agent Cooper's judgment. Instead of being taken to the cells, Leland was locked in an empty interrogation room where he became very aggressive. After leaving him to calm down, all four investigators entered the room 
where Leland had been sat in a single chair. It was revealed that Leland was Bob, but something was wrong. The way that Leland spoke to the police was strange, as if he were possessed by someone or something. Leland admitted to killing Laura and Maddie, as well as the woman a year before. The fire alarms went off, starting the sprinklers. While deputies Hill and Brennan went to shut them off, Sheriff Truman and Agent Cooper stayed behind. Leland appeared to be himself again and racked by grief. He apologised to Truman and Agent Cooper before suddenly dying. The death of Leland seemed to end the investigation. However, more murders took place afterwards and eventually Agent Cooper disappeared. What could have happened? Some of you may have cottoned on to the story this week. Look at the date of release for this episode. It was all planned and I was late releasing this episode on purpose. This isn't a real mystery, although fans of the show this story is from may argue that it is. What you listened to was the story of Laura Palmer from the hit 1990 show, Twin Peaks. This show's mystery gripped the world in 1990 and each week people tuned in to see if the mystery would be solved. Laura's murder was so interesting that newspapers reported on it with theories of who it could be. When the show was renewed for its second season, creators David Lynch and Mark Frost were pressured to solve the mystery. Lynch disagreed with this, stepping away from the show's writing until the final episode of season two. Laura's killer was revealed to be her father, Leland, who had been possessed by an evil spirit named Bob. Bob had used Leland to try and possess Laura, but failed to do so and killed her. Maddie's death happened, possibly for the same reason. After Leland's reveal, the show wove several storylines together, all culminating in the finale where Agent Cooper finds himself trapped in a place called the Black Lodge. In 1992, a prequel film, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, was released. The film depicts the events of the murder of Teresa Banks a year before Laura's death, and then the events that led to Laura's death. In 2017, the show was renewed for another 18 episodes. 25 years later, Agent Cooper is still missing, but the FBI begin to investigate him again, looking for the real Agent Cooper after encountering a fake. This season explains the history of Bob and why he wanted Laura Palmer, and shows just how Agent Cooper returns to defeat Bob and end the case once and for all. I watched through all of the show for this episode and it's very long. I cut a lot of the storylines out, like Donna, James and Maddie's investigation into Laura's murder, Catherine Martell, Josie Packard and Ben Horn's fight for the sawmill, and a side story that sees one character gain super strength and lose her memory all at the same time. It was quite an enjoyable show, 
but in true Lynch fashion, some of it doesn't really make much sense. This is more prevalent in the 2017 continuation. If you want to watch it, I can't tell you where to find it because it's not on many streaming services, but be prepared for a show that engages your detective skills and plays with your idea of reality. You can find links to social media and other ways to listen. They're in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree but it doesn't open up a new email, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with things I've said, let me know and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next Creature Feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode comes out on April 6th, so hold on until then. Thank you.